Hello, and welcome to Once More with Commentary, a Buffy and Angel podcast. I'm Ginny. And I'm Allie. And today we're talking about Double Meat Palace and Provider on Angel. Yeah. Yeah. Double Meat Palace. Double Meat Palace. <laughs> this is sort of a notorious episode. <laughs> I am very interested to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but before we do that, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, you sound not yes. good. <laughs> well, there's a story, though, because I just saw you. That's so true. Since the last time we recorded, Jenny and I actually got to see each other in person. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, or well, fortunately, I would say, because it was super fun. But it was fun. Unfortunately for my lungs. We, yeah, your lungs did not did enjoy this, it. <laughs> yeah. We did that in Charleston, South Carolina. Or, yeah. And, um, and then I went on to Savannah, Georgia. And both places are... Totally gorgeous, beautiful, full of oak trees, and apparently the <laughs> South this year is having a banner year for oak tree pollen, and it turns out, unbeknownst to me, I am allergic. So it's just settled nicely into a lovely chest cold, so. Yeah. But I feel fine, and like I told you guys, totally worth it to hang out with two of my friends, so. Yeah, yeah. thank you. We had a great time, actually. We did have a great time. Um, and we saw 100 bachelorette parties. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> we did. We didn't do any ghost tours, but we no, saw... No, we didn't. Lots of people about to get married. And, and we did. I bought a, bu- a book about ghost cats. So. That's true. You did. I, I read I the first a book story. I horrified the <laughs> shop proprietor. <laughs> I had a dream about that, about your book. Really? I think I had a dream that Claire was reading it and telling us uh, how much she liked it. Something like so that. So <laughs> I actually started it, and it's okay. Okay. It's... um. It's about a woman who owns a tea shop in Charleston, and then she just happens to stumble. She's like the, um, what's that lady's name from Murder, She Wrote? Like she's yeah, Angela the, Lansbury. <laughs> Angela, yeah, she just like happens to stumble across all the local murders in Charleston. Oh, and they're like, all set in Charleston. Yeah, they're all oh. set in Charleston. And then she's like an amateur detective. And um, like, it's so weird, though, because like the police are like giving her leads and like, and then, but then at the same time, they're like, why are you involved? You need to leave. And I'm like, you guys are enabling her. her. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, but it's like all the book titles in this. So there are 19 books in this series. And I know. And they're like, some of them are New York times bestsellers. I don't even know, but like they have the best names. And I, so my mom and I went to tea in Savannah. Oh, you finally got to go. I know. Yay. I finally got to go. And we had, he he like sat down. He's like, and this is some Devonshire cream. And I was like, I looked at my mom. I was like, I think he means Devonshire scream. <laughs> because that is one of the titles. <laughs> and it's just, it's not a great book, but it's, it's entertaining. It's like a good beach read. Yeah. Um, but I was, I, that was like a, a lovely find. <laughs> I do love a mystery novel too. And I don't think about reading them that often, you know, like it's not my like thing that I love, but I do like them. Yeah. The Um, ghost cat book, I read the first story out loud. I started, I, my plan was to read them at night to my cat because, you know. Right, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And mostly it was just like, I thought like, oh, this will be kind of funny. And it's kind of like, I don't ever read out loud. And, you know, I just thought it would be interesting. So I started reading one out loud the other day and she left immediately. But I did finish reading (laughs) it out loud to Alex. (laughs) It was, it's, it's strange. It's, I mean, obviously a a ghost, a book about ghost cats is going to be weird. It's supposed to be nonfiction though. And it was written in this really fiction way also the writing is awful (laughs) it was a lot of short choppy sentences that I think were going for some sort of effect but really just was a especially reading it out loud I was like oh my god this sounds awful but anyway I'll still read more of it (laughs) (laughs) what else am I doing at night yeah flipping through my phone so better this than that so um but I don't know if I really mentioned this to you but so well you know okay do you remember we were in Charleston and we bought these like boozy popsicles right yes and we were we were like are we supposed to eat them here or can we take them with us Mm -hmm. well I'm pretty sure we could have taken them with us because I didn't know this but like a lot of the I don't know if Charleston really has it and maybe I don't know but like a lot of historic districts in the south have something that can only be called a lack of open container laws interesting and so we go, my mom and I went down to like River Street in Savannah, which by the way, apparently in college, she used to, this was the thing that they would do is they would go there and they would drive down River Street, 
like three miles an hour and mm-hmm. you would just drive driving your car and then every once in a while someone would like jump out of the car run into the bar go get some beers come back and like br- pass them around in the car and you just keep Interesting. driving so there's just like and then you just do like a loop so it's just like the Friday Saturday night like River Street loop and you yeah. just drink and drive like at like <laughs> five five miles an hour so you can't do that anymore obviously yes but what you can do so we went into a bar so we're like walking down the street and I see these people like with a beer and I was like wait they're just walking down the street with a beer like okay you know and they're in like a plastic cup whatever and my mom was like oh yeah you can do that I was like well we're gonna do that so Mm -hmm. we go into a bar and I ordered a Bloody Mary and I swear to god it's the weirdest thing she goes okay do you want that for here to go yeah (laughs) I was like never in my life has anybody offered me my drink to go yeah that's funny. It though. was great. It was super fun because you could just you don't have to like drink or sightsee. You can do both. Do both. And yeah. it was just like a beautiful day. It was like super breezy. It was like 70 degrees. Like it was whatever the opposite of Charleston on that last day. Yeah. It was beautiful. And thank God because, you know, I didn't handle that well. But yeah. um, we're just like walking around with drinks. It was great. I was like, I love the South. <laughs> yeah, that is nice. Yeah. It's so weird, though. It like, is weird. I mean, it's other than New Orleans, that's the only place I've been that does that. But yeah, but I, I wonder if it's like in response to that, like they're trying to compete. Maybe, I don't know. yeah, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. So, so anyway, I came to the conclusion that we probably could have taken those boozy popsicles around on town. the go. Yeah, yeah, nobody would have stopped us. Yeah. Hmm. But it's just so such a strange thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> that they're like encouraging this. I mean, it was like what, like noon on a. Monday, like it wasn't like a party scene or anything, but it was still, still fun. Yeah. Um, okay. Hmm. Well, you mentioned cats, so like I said, I think <laughs> yes. it's a fun segue into Double Meat Palace because there were some interesting cat references. There were some interesting cat references. So Double Meat Palace. I mean, I think I can get through this quickly because in a lot of ways, it's, it's a light on episode. plot. <laughs> yeah, I would say. <laughs> So Double Meat Palace picks up from the thread, you know, kind of from earlier in the season where Buffy found out that she doesn't have any money, that anything that her mom left or any kind of insurance that her mom had all went to paying for funerals and health bill, medical bills that her mom had, et cetera, et cetera. Also, they destroy the house like all the time. So, yeah, they've got quite a bit of expenses. Also, none of her lazy friends are paying rent to live at her house, but we can get to that. So, I mean, that's just my big sticking point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so Buffy essentially needs to get a job, and she needs to get a job quickly. Um, so she ends up getting a job at this, like, local, or maybe not, yeah, local-ish uh, fast food joint called Double Meat Palace, uh, which is, you know, kind of your standard your standard fast food McDonald's Burger King type of deal. Um, she has to wear a garish outfit. Uh, she has to watch horrible training videos that are maybe a little more graphic than they need to be. Um, you know, and then she has to work in a fluorescent lit place and come home smelling like fried oil and fried burgers or whatever. So it's not glamorous. She needs clearly is, you know, she's pretty desperate for money. So, um, Buffy gets this job and, you know, as, 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 as is common in Buffy's life, um, it seems like maybe something's not quite normal at this double meat palace. Um, she's just getting a weird vibe from all of her coworkers. They mentioned that they have high turnover. Um, and just everything seems a little bit off. She tries to like chit chat and, you know, make pals with her coworkers. Only one of them kind of engages with her. Everyone else is like, no, we're not allowed to steal money from, you know, wasting time is stealing from the company, blah, blah, blah. Everybody is very, um, conforming quite a bit. So meanwhile, her suspicions don't quite let up, especially when the one friend she managed to make doesn't show up to work the next day, and everybody kind of writes it off like, well, yeah, people just don't show up all the time, but she, of course, thinks something nefarious is going on. She's also very suspicious about the secret recipe at the Double Meat Palace, so suffice it to say, she and everybody do some investigating. She finds a finger in the meat grinder, so she definitely thinks that that guy got murdered and shoved down the meat grinder, and she also suspects that people are the secret ingredient to Double Meat Palaces, or at least to this one. Um, so she has Willow analyze a burger, um, or what's left of it after Sander eats it, not realizing that's why she's brought it. Um, and in fact, what Willow uncovers is that there's no meat at all in the double meat burger. The secret ingredient is vegetables, <laughs> or I guess the secret ingredient is the like beef oil that they fry it in or something. Um, but it turns out one of the regular customers is some sort of demon alien type creature who's been preying on, 
um, the staff there, which is part of the reason that they have such high turnover. Also, they just have high turnover because it's a terrible job. <laughs> um, so Buffy, thankfully, Willow comes by to um, let Buffy know what the like lab analysis is and um, is able to save Buffy from being killed by this um, demon monster. And even though Buffy got fired earlier in the episode for telling everybody in the establishment that the burgers are made out of people, because she now knows this big secret about Double Meat Palace, which is that there's no meat in it, um, she's able to kind of blackmail her way back into her job, which is, frankly, a totally reasonable request. More reasonable than blackmailing them for money. like Right. She's like, well, what I need is money. And the boss thinks she's, of course, going to ask her for some sort of, like, exorbitant fee. And what Buffy really wants is just a steady income. <laughs> And soon, so. Yeah, uh, so, where to start? <laughs> okay, okay, I have two places to start. Okay. Number one is, I think my hot take finishing this episode, okay, I, and I, I said this at the beginning, this is a notorious episode, people hate this episode, is I think what I mean to say, it's notoriously <laughs> bad, this is not a great episode, and I will definitely agree, this is not their finest work. I did leave feeling like, I wonder if this episode would have been better if it were in season one. Like, it just felt very much like a season one premise to me. And even kind of execution. But I guess my secondary question is, like, why is this so so bad? Because it's not... I think it is that they're trying to make it a satire about corporations and specifically fast food corporations. But then they're just, like, again, like, the metaphor didn't quite (laughs) fit... Whereas, like, season two and three were so good about, like, this demon represents this. But it's, like, it's not as though at the end of it, the old woman demon has nothing to do with conformity, which was, like, kind of the thread they were, like, you know, weaving throughout the episode, right? Is that why it's so bad? Or is it just, I, is it just bad? <laughs> so or Is it bad? I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't hate it, but it wasn't so good. A couple of thoughts. I agree with you that it felt very much, like, some of the misfires in season one where they're trying to make a metaphor and it doesn't really work mm-hmm. or something. And I I thought it was interesting to explore this because, like, we talked about this season is really, like, about how adulthood is never, like, it's not always as good as you think it's going to be. Like, sometimes it really sucks. And, like, yeah. sometimes having to work a menial job that you think you're too good for is, right. part, of the, is part of life. Like, totally. that's fine. But I also agree where the demon stuff felt weirdly unrelated (laughs) yeah like kind of weirdly shorned in and and to me the interesting part was like the dynamics at the workplace where Buffy's like thinks something's going on but it's just the normal reality of like fast food work of like Mm -hmm. high turnover and all that and it almost might have been more interesting had that just been the answer is like oh people just leave but I think that combined like trying to like shove in a demon felt kind of weird but then to me, though, the part, the reason that this episode is just really strange and like comes across as so bad is like the tone and yeah, the pacing. The tone was so strange. The tone is so strange, and the pacing is so slow. Like it I was is, watching this episode, yeah. and I was like, everyone's talking so slowly. It's so quiet. Like the only word I was like, it's so lethargic. Like, yeah, I think they were really going for a horror movie vibe, which is something that they did sort of successfully in seasons one and two. Sometimes is like have this like. There's just an ominous feeling. Everything's really quiet. And then something jumps out at you. Like, I think that's what they were going for. But they were also going for cutting satire fast food. And I'm like, does, apparently those things don't go together. <laughs> or at no, least they just it, didn't get really them together. It's really strange because it's so slow. It but everybody's so slow. like parroting the same lines to her. Yeah. And it's, I think because it's a Buffy episode. Yeah. It didn't work. Because like, this is so totally different from everything else and like, they're trying to fit it into the plot and like, okay, yeah, yeah. Buffy needs to like um, get a job and like, you know, this is probably how how bad it would actually be to work at a place like this, but it just wasn't fun to watch. And, it's not fun and then to also watch. They're, they're trying to like add in like all the other stuff, like Spike shows up and right. then like he and Buffy are like having sex outside the Double Meat Ugh, Palace and it's like, scene. why Ugh. are they doing that? I thought she told him, like, I, I don't know so much about this. I was just like, How much time do I have left? (laughs) Yeah. I guess the other thing that this reminded me of was like kind of the last couple episodes with the, with the trio is it's like, it's just veering very into this kind of over the top cartoony level. And like Buffy is always really like corny and has a layer of cheese and corniness that is fun. And these ones are like really 
just such a strange direction. I think that's, and it's like puzzling more than anything is it's like, I guess this was like a fun idea that someone threw around in the writer's room and then somebody just gave them the green light and it was like, whoops, turns out this is a terrible idea and we should scrap it, but it must've just been too far gone. You know, like, I don't know. It just really doesn't work. I think this and stuff you know is, what also makes it terrible is it's visually assaulting. So, oh my God, you're right. Yeah, the colors. <laughs> like, are, the color scheme is offensive. And they're supposed and to I, be. I think there's nothing that we're... so, I think. Yeah, yeah, I don't think anything that you've mentioned um, about the way it's filmed and, like, put together, like the bright colors, the slow talking, the weird pacing, the rep- repetitive lines, that was clearly all intentional. You know, like, it's not... This isn't like, whoops, somebody did a bad job. This is like... This is just a bad idea, (laughs) frankly. Is it weird, though, that I didn't hate it? I don't like it, but, like, I'm not, like, mad about it. No, I I was thinking the whole time watching it, I was like, if someone had turned this into, like, a a horror short or something for, like, an independent, like, festival or something, that's fine. Like, it works on some level, but, like, as a Buffy episode, I just was like, I... I don't understand why these characters are doing this. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, like Buffy's never been, like, immediately suspicious That's, like that, too. Like, she's like, where did they go? What did they, you know, like, I don't know. She's like, <laughs> she's always curious, but she's like, it seemed like she was suspicious of something that didn't really seem that interesting. So mm-hmm. it all felt a little forced. It and did then, feel forced. Then the whole thing about the, what's the secret ingredient? What's the secret ingredient? Like, I... I feel like they only introduced us to the meat grinder so that she could shove a demon in the meat grinder. Right. Well, I mean, I'm not mad about that. It was gross. No, I mean, though. that part it was, was so gross. You're right, though, that it was like, <laughs> oh, that was another visually assault, a visual assault that they did. Is it's like, man, we really had to watch that old demon lady get ground up and spit out of the meat grinder. Like, All I could think was, like, who's going to clean that? Yeah, I know, me too. I think that's a little, a little bit too, and this is less of a like, valid critique and more of just the like personal you know I think also especially these last couple episodes this is like we really it's supposed to be Willow who is the one who's spiraling out of control and I guess it is supposed to be happening to Buffy too but man it sure just isn't fun to watch Buffy feel shitty about herself oh sorry feel bad about herself like she you know like and that's the thing is it's like it didn't have to be an episode about her being degraded you know she could have if anything it's like it's nice that she's scrappy enough and not full of ego enough to like not just go get this job you know like it is a crappy job and but she needs to do it and she seems to be like she is like poking fun at everything there but she seems you know like she's gonna really work there if that makes any sense so it's like it didn't need to be an episode about how she said yeah she's like I know that I could go find a different job. She's like, but I don't have time to do that. I need money now. Like, yeah. That's an adult pragmatic decision. Exactly. Like, so that was great. It's like she is taking some sort of control and it does really, really, really suck for her. But it didn't have to be this like, I'm so bad about myself that now I'll have sex with Spike again. You know what I mean? It's like, why did they have to throw that in there? It just, yeah. I think that's the other part that's like, I may or may not agree with it story wise, but mostly just personally, emotionally. It's not fun to watch Buffy flail so badly. So I think that's the other thing is it's like not only is this such a just strange turn of events and tone in this whole six seasons of this show, but like also then it's also like, well, if you peel back the layers a little bit, it's an episode about how degraded Buffy feels. And like, that's just not fun, you know, which is so interesting. So the spike thing, because she's clearly once again using him to like. Honestly, it seems like alleviate her, the boredom of the herself. job. Yeah, like, that too, maybe. Or punish herself or something. But at the same time, Spike is the only person showing up at the job saying, why are you doing this? You're better than this. Yeah, and, I know. Like, her friends are just trying to be supportive. And, like, in some ways, maybe that shows that, like, they truly understand the situation because, like, Buffy yeah. doesn't really have a lot of options. Like, Dawn really talks about it with Xander. Like, you know, this is Buffy's future, Right, she's only going to be able to do these She things. can't hold down a real job right. as the Slayer. And we'll see that again later, too, when she yeah. tries again. Yeah, but, like, Spike is just, like, all he sees is, like, you don't belong here. What are you doing? And, mm-hmm. like, on the one hand, it's kind <clears> of sweet. On the other hand, it's kind of, like, he's not really appreciating the situation that she's in. Yeah. And maybe that speaks to, like, their dynamic is, like... Yeah. He's a they're demon really, and he doesn't understand why she's yeah, putting up with Yeah, they're not really thinking it through. I don't know. <laughs> I do think, actually, I think that is a tenuous, like, thing. But. I think that is a good, a good, um, God, visualization of, like, kind of how different they they are or still are is that, like, yeah, ulti- Spike is still a demon and his answer is, like, well, why are you doing this when you could just crime? <laughs> you don't even have to crime. You could just let me crime for you. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. I think he does genuinely think, like, that's, 
the solve. It's a better solve for this. So yeah. Yeah. God, even just looking at the stills is like making me a little sick to my stomach. <laughs> this episode is so grotesque. <laughs> Uh, it, that's a great word. It is grotesque yeah. on every level. It level. You know what it is? Thing. It makes you so uncomfortable. So that's uncomfortable. what it is. That's why people hate it. Because, unrelenting. So maybe, yes. I guess in that way they were successful. It's and like maybe clearly that's the, the point. point. I don't know. It was definitely I, one of the goals. I'm just not sure that it was the right goal. <laughs> but like it's visually uncomfortable to watch. It's like mentally uncomfortable to sit through mm-hmm. because the tone is so strange. Yeah. And then also there's like that disgusting demon kill. <laughs> demon so. is so gross. <laughs> like Buffy literally gets bitten in the shoulder. Like it starts eating her. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> also that, that paralysis, I'm assuming it wore off quickly because it, Buffy's the slayer. Because yeah, it was quick. I was like, she wouldn't have been paralyzed. Like that demon was like barely started on her yeah. shoulder. No, I know. I thought that too. <laughs> Just to kind of go on some other tangents though there were a couple of other things happened in this episode that i sort of forgot about um namely that anya and xander are continuing to that that's still going on (laughs) you know they're still planning their wedding they're still running into tons and tons of roadblocks frankly um but yeah but anya is inviting a bunch of demons to their wedding and she invites her friend halfrick who's another vengeance demon and then they just have a really uncomfortable conversation about like her and her relationship with xander which i think wasn't as like I think the show also thought they were, like, really nailing them or something, and I didn't feel like that conversation was totally accurate as to, like, what the problems are between Anya and Xander, which clearly they are. There are problems, and there are many of them. I didn't feel like Halfrick really got to the core of it, even though she seemed to really think she did. No, because she was focused on, like, Xander critiquing Anya, but, like, but, the like, context of that is yeah. that Anya is very frequently <laughs> insulting people. Exactly. So, like, Frank, Xander's, Anya like, to learn how to critiquing live her because she's in the human world, and she's exactly not blending and like so I I and I also didn't appreciate Anya well maybe it's that Anya still doesn't really understand why she's doing the things right that she's doing right. like why they're not correct but like it yes it's true that Xander corrects her but also it's like because otherwise nobody would ever be around her right because right. she's so rude yeah I mean it's sort of like translation issue right is it's like well yeah if she didn't speak English I guess it would be obnoxious for him to correct her all the time but there would be times where it'd be appropriate to say like hey you meant to say this and what you actually said was this <laughs> yeah so I don't know I guess I'm like it's I, I I don't know I guess I don't know how I feel about that either I I like that they bring Anya's demonness back into it because I do think that's an important like facet of her and I feel like you know when we like a couple it must have been season three or four where I was like this show treats Anya one way and treats Spike a different way and I definitely think that that is true and a valid critique but I sure have swung back on the pro Anya side. Like she really is just such a delightful add to the show and the dynamics that like, I can't really fault them for kind of like not giving her a pass exactly, but like just deciding that it's worth it to have her in the show to kind of have some inconsistencies. <laughs> but I also think that those inconsistencies are what are driving this is that it is, because that's true. they haven't been looking at Anya as a demon because she's so easily um, human, right? right? Because she looks human, whatever. But like, I think Xander being confronted with the visuals of right. Halfrek is like, you know, he's for the first time, apparently, right. like Remembering in all the that, years that yeah. they've been together, thinking of what Anya must have been like as a demon, right. which maybe speaks to Xander's willful in, blind spot about yeah. it. Like, it's easy to have a relationship with her if you just forget about her demon side. But right. as you said, like, Anya has been pretty clear all along that like her demonness is a huge part of her because she was a demon for thousands of years. And she brings it up all the time. She's also not hiding it or hiding from it or running from it. You know, she's not keeping it a secret. But now, like, especially with her inviting her demon friends to the wedding and demon family and all that, mm-hmm. Xander has to confront it in a way that he hasn't before. Yeah. And I think that's the show kind of saying, like, oh, we're not actually giving them a pass. Like, this is the right. Like the result or the consequences of giving her as a character a pass on the demon side is, like, eventually you have to confront it. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's going to coincide with their you know, nuptials. Their wedding. But, <laughs> yeah. um but I do think it's an interesting thing. Like, I mean, when Xander was like, hey, did any of you see Anya as a demon? Like, this is the first time he's asked that in three yeah. years. Like, yeah. it's really strange that he, Never I mean, he took her to the it. prom. Yeah. And, like, that was right after she, like, you know, caused all this mayhem. And mm-hmm. it's just really strange, I think, that he hadn't really confronted it until now. I mean, it's strange to us. I don't think it's weird that Xander 
traditionally no, emotionally I mean, I immature Xander, Xander hasn't thought yeah. about it, you know. But but I guess my point is yeah. that I think it's um an interesting vein for the show to explore because right. I agree. Like they have whether intentionally or not, they have given her a different treatment than they say they give Spike, but um that leaves the door open to then explore this other side. Yeah. Um, also, shout out to Halfrick, Spike's ex-girlfriend. Right, 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 right. <laughs> the same actress. Now, a little less obvious in this one because she's wearing her demon makeup. Actually, yeah. she never takes it off, right? I don't know. Once she's uh, No, I think she, for the wedding, I think she... Maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think so. I called yeah. it her demon makeup. Obviously, that's what it is in the real world. In the show, <laughs> it's her demon face. <laughs> her demon face, yeah. Okay. Is there anything else we didn't touch on? Yes, I want oh. to talk about Amy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Willow. Okay. I've got a little, yeah. Amy is the worst and truly terrible to do that to Willow. Although, yeah. I will say, her gift to Willow was slightly karmic because Willow yeah, was like, you exactly. can't just do something to people exactly. against their will. And yes. I was like, well, duh. She like, said with no self-reflection whatsoever. She did not yeah. seem to catch the irony of that. Yeah. Yes, agreed, agreed. That was the only part of it that I felt like Willow kind of got a little bit of what she deserved. But I agree. Also, it was truly awful of Amy, like, Willow's telling her she's cold turkey, and Amy's like, oh, here's some magic. Yeah, like, forcing her to just, do magic, yeah. That's like if your friend is telling you that they're sober and you spike their drink. Right. Like, it's awful. It's fun for you. It's not fun for you. Um, I agree. I, I, I do, though... Um, is Amy, you know, like, how did Amy get to the story? I mean, Amy's been back for oh, two episodes. So we, we like, talked about before. Yeah, what like is zero, to, zero to evil. Like, I get it. Yeah. I guess, you know, I know she'll be a villain kind of vaguely in the comic book future, but, like, what a weird turn. It really is more clearly just out of plot necessity than out of anything else. This is like, I don't know. Is this really who Amy was? I guess being a rat for three years would, like, mess with you, but I don't know. I don't know that I buy this. It's just so specific to- <laughs> to be like she's not just angry she's like angry and then all of a sudden a super good witch I don't know it just doesn't make sense yeah like there's never clarity over like is Amy really a villain or is she just troubled and they I don't remember if she comes back after this I don't remember either I yeah mean. and um it's just I mean on some hand like I feel bad for her like well I actually I don't know if she truly wanted her rat cage or if that was just an excuse, excuse. to come yeah. over I think um, she probably did she, if she did, though, I mean, that's, you know... Messed up, Amy yeah. was a rat. That I mean, there's got to be some psychological trauma from For that. Sure. But, like, they're not exploring it. They're just treating her as a villain. Right. Yeah, it's strange. And, like, using it as a way to show that Willow's still struggling, which we already know. Mm-hmm. So whether that's necessary or not, I don't know. But it mostly just makes Amy look terrible. And also, I don't know if it's serving because they're like, oh, we made Willow look too bad. Let's make sure we show that she's got a bad influence and can't help right, it. Right, right, right. You know, they're trying to use Amy to make Willow look better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's not fair to Amy, really. I agree. Because we don't know enough about Amy to say whether or not she's truly bad. So. Right. But karma's a bitch. <laughs> That's true. Uh. One more question for you, though. Mm-hmm. Would you eat a sandwich that was a beef patty on top and, like, de- and like sliced deli chicken Yuck, on the gross. bottom? No, that place looks that awful. That does not sound good. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's interesting. Like beef patty, chicken patty, but it's not even a chicken patty. No, it's and like, it was just like getting sliced. Oh, God, the visuals ugh. in this episode were so awful. It's <laughs> disgusting. That's so gross. And also, like, beef and chicken doesn't sound good together. No, it doesn't. Although I'm sure something like that exists. I'm sure, like on a fast food Arby's menu somewhere, KFC will come up with it or yeah. something. But like, well, it was not good. Yeah, ugh. Yeah, you're right though. That 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 scene where they're slicing the chicken, it's slicing the chicken. I'm telling you, this this episode was visually offensive. Yeah, and it was like clearly not real meat. It's not like I was under any illusions, but it was still just like they really nailed how gross it was. Are you sure it wasn't real meat? I'm pretty sure. Like, doesn't isn't that what deli meat looks like when you slice it thicker? <laughs> Not good but deli meat. Deli I don't meat know. is sliced. There's a reason deli meat is sliced thin because mm, yeah, you can't. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Let's not. Should we move on? Yes. I don't want to picture it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Uh, oh my god! It's like flashing across it my is, eyes. It is. Stop. Make it stop. <laughs> what oh does god. that remind me of? What is another show? Or there's like a show or a movie that is like super grotesque in the same way. But now I, it's like on the tip of my brain, but I'm not sure what it is. Um. <sighs> I'll think of it later, maybe. Okay. Yeah. All right, whatever. Let's talk know. about Angel. Okay. Let's talk about Provider. Yes. AKA Angel's Quest for Money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's pretty much the sum of the episode. But um, I'll try to elaborate on that a little bit. So um, Angel is in full-blown, I'm a dad, I got to raise a kid and put him through school mode. Mm -hmm. And despite the fact that, you know, Cordelia and Gunn and Wesley are kind of trying to remind him that while they haven't made a ton of money in the past, they have managed to, like, you know, Mm -hmm. keep themselves afloat. Um, Angel decides that's not good enough, so... He's got Gunn and Wesley posting flyers all around town. Fred's put up a website. So they're trying to really draw in customers, mm-hmm. and it works super well. Yeah. So they're basically inundated with customers to Angel Investigations. Um, Cordelia's a little apprehensive that, you know, focusing too much on this many customers is going to take away from their mission of actually helping the powers that be. Mm-hmm. You know, she just recently went through literal agony to Mm -hmm. ensure that she can continue serving the powers that be so she wants to make sure that like they're staying on the mission but they go forward with this they've got one woman coming in who's being stalked by her dead Mm ex-boyfriend and um angel goes off to help um denny from Grey's anatomy um (laughs) kill some vampires not javier bardem but the guy that looks just like him yeah and then um i think jeffrey dean morgan yeah 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 and um, and then uh, Fred and Lauren get pulled into this like group of demons that want her to come help solve a puzzle for their prince or something. Mm-hmm. So everybody gets scattered. Um, they're all trying to like you know make make the bucks, and they're getting spread thin exactly as Cordelia worried that they would. And um, all these missions kind of go wrong. So um, Fred and or, sorry Wesley and Gunn realize that this woman's boyfriend is a dead and a zombie and then that kind of has a happy ending where they reunite and (laughs) like i talk about disgusting okay yeah um but they both kind of realize that they've got feelings for fred so we're fully embarking Uh on that love triangle and then angel discovers that he's been duped by this guy who it's kind of unclear like wants to kill the vampires to get his friend's watch back or something yeah Um, but he anyway in any case angel's not getting the 10 grand that he thought he was getting Mm -hmm. um so he got a little bit blinded by the money and then fred and lauren find out that this group of demons actually want her to solve this puzzle because they it's like a test to determine that her brain is smart enough for her head to then sit on the shoulders Mm -hmm. of this prince it's all very gross and so um, Fred is like about to be beheaded. Cordelia has a vision that this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So she takes the baby and like runs over to try to help. But she's the only one there because everybody else is out yeah. trying to make all out the money. About, yeah. Um, you know, and she can't get in touch with anyone. So she's trying to like peacefully negotiate the situation. It all kind of goes wrong. And luckily everybody shows up to help save the day and like defeat the demons. But they realize like, okay, yeah, we can't really focus on it in this way like we we did get spread a little bit too thin mm-hmm. and and they did also get some of the money from the demons so i guess that oh, right. they did steal 50 grand from <laughs> yeah, them they, did. they, they were like them. well <laughs> they almost murdered fred so we Fair. gotta pay for that because um, they killed all the demons and then meanwhile holtz is still in the background like, oh god yeah i don't know torturing his new minion oh I, yes I don't really want to talk about that i have something um, to say but about that's basically that. it like <laughs> like i said angel's quest for money so. yeah I mean, I thought this episode was totally fine, uh, other than the Holt stuff. Uh, like, it, it was it was fine. It, it chugged along, right? I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was okay. I do think it's funny to, like, Double Meat Palace, we obviously just covered. And it's awful for the most part. I sort of still liked it more than a, like, mediocre episode of Angel, right? Like, this one wasn't bad. It didn't, like, do all those things that we always complain about. I did like it. Like, it was kind of fun and funny and, like, you know, like, wrapped up nicely. But it is funny to be like, man, I still would rather watch, like, a real crappy episode of Buffy. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, question. Yes. Would you rather watch this or Double Meat Palace? I think I would rather watch Double Meat Palace. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Okay, here's the... Yeah. Let me okay. let me just get my one <laughs> jab at Holtzen, and then we can talk about the rest of it, which, I, as I've said, I was That's like, fine, fair. and I liked it. Do um, you want to hear my notes about Holtz? Yes, I do. Holtz, blah, 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 boring. <laughs> I said yawn out loud when we were watching it. <laughs> okay, but here's the funny thing, is that I was watching um, The Office when I was cooking breakfast this morning uh, before I watched Angel, and I, uh, you know, you know, as, as you do on Netflix, it's just like, I don't know, wherever I was in this show the last time I watched it, and where I am right now is somewhere in season three when um, Ryan becomes 
the salesman and he asks Dwight to help him. And then Dwight takes him to um, Shroot Farms and like tries to haze him, basically. <laughs> I was like watching Holtz like torture this stupid vampire <laughs> hunter that he's recruited. And I was like, oh, my God, Holtz is like Dwight, except this isn't being played for laughs at all. <laughs> I was like, this is exactly the same thing that Dwight just did. <laughs> Except instead of making her plant beets, he, like, shoved an ice pick in her yeah, hand. Yeah, ice picked her hand to the table and, like, you know, hazed her to make sure that she's, like, worthy of his education or whatever. It's literally the same plot line of that episode of The Office, except, as I said, done with zero humor or awareness. <laughs> also, there's no explanation as to why he's doing this. Why did he than, do like, that? He just comes across as, like, super he's sadistic. He's such a psychopath, like, yeah. Yeah. Which I guess is the point. Well, yeah. I don't remember, I don't actually remember how far this Holtz with this vampire hunter storyline goes, it was kind of funny watching it because Alex was like, Oh, he, he, he kind of enjoyed it because he was like, Oh, he's just putting together his, like his own like angel investigations. And they're going to be like, he, he keeps thinking that there's going to be like, there'll be like a, you know, evil Cordelia. There'll be an evil Wesley. There'll be evil gun. Like, like that is going to eventually mirror angel investigations. And I honestly, don't remember. I don't think it gets to that, but I thought it was like, yeah, that would have been kind of a fun, cool idea. Or maybe that is what happens. Is that what happens? Don't tell me. No. It's, I was like, hmm. I don't think it gets that far, but anyway. I mean, she's going to stick around. Right. But it's not like going to be like the anti-angel investigations, which would frankly no. be more interesting. It would, but I was no. like, oh, why aren't they? That was so funny. He was like, no, no, no. I kind of like this episode. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not what's happening here, but maybe, maybe. <laughs> Sorry when he listens to this and we spoil it, that that's not what's happening. But yeah. Anyway, I mean, as for the rest of this. okay, I don't know. I mean, I I like the little mini quests that they all go on. I think, you know, the Fred thing, it was obvious to me that like, you know, Lauren had this like he's he's not totally fluent in the language that he's communicating in with these demons. And he at first says like they want her. They want his head because they think they want Wesley. And I was like, well. I see where this is going. They're definitely going to take her head or try to. <laughs> um, but I mean, not it was obvious, but not in a like ugh, obvious way. It was more just like, haha, I like get how the show works and I know what's going to happen. Also, I don't know. Fred was like solving an algorithm for that puzzle. And I was like, can you just put the shapes together? It does like, a little it? bit look like she just built a pyramid. <laughs> uh, true. It's <laughs> like, okay, well maybe you had to match up all the symbols. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it fit together multiple ways. I don't know. Yeah. Although I will say I loved the little Microsoft paint layout. I, of their plan I said to, like, too. I was like, they were like doing like, the demon. Photoshop with paint. Little, yeah. They drew the little like red. <laughs> red line. <laughs> It was so bad, but in a really funny way. <laughs> no, I wrote that down too. I was like, oh my God, the demons are using Microsoft Paint. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like this episode had some funny moments. I like, think it was mostly you know, funny moments. Yeah. They um they put the wrong phone number on their flyers. And the pizza <laughs> That's pretty good. I, though, I, like, I feel really so bad for that guy at the beginning. He's, he's probably dead. But that was a like, pretty good cold o- or like good opening of like this guy running. It's really dramatic. And then he like rings the phone and it's the so, like pizza joint or something. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. I also really like that they take the money at the end. That they what? That they take the money, the 50 grand. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. like they're trying to kind of walk away and like trying to be ethical about it. It's like, I mean, is it ethical for us to take this? I'm like, I think it was ethical enough for them to take it, right? Yeah, they totally deserve yeah, that. Those guys are dead absolutely. anyway. They didn't kill they them for them. the money. I don't know yeah. if they brought the money back. That's yeah. true. That's true. Well, I think she was trying to be diplomatic about it. Right, right. She was going to give it back. Yeah, yeah exactly. But yeah. once they're dead. Also, I don't know why they were shoving it all in their pockets when the suitcase was right there. <laughs> Just put all the money back in the suitcase. I guess, what do we take of this whole storyline, though? Or rather, this particular story, not storyline that makes it sound longer running. Just that, like, I mean, Angel does need to make money. It's a little bit funny that they go along with his idea because he really isn't the leader anymore. You know, like, Wesley well, okay, is still supposed is where... to be. This is where I question it because I thought Wesley was supposed to be in charge. He is, yeah. So why are they listening to Angel's kooky plan? Is it because they feel bad because he has a new baby? I and so they're like, okay, why not? Yeah. Like, they could all use more money, I guess. Right. But, like, why is Angel calling the shots? It is weird. Yeah, why is he? I don't know. It's like the show forgets that, like... They wrote this whole plot line about past, Wesley. <laughs> yeah, like, they need Angel to be the lead, but they've moved past him, like effectively being the lead like right. there's other dynamics at play i yeah i found that a little bit strange but you know 
this this fits in this like idea of like angels going a little bit nutty with like the baby, right? Like mm-hmm. the first episode, like he wouldn't let anybody touch him, right? And you know he's just like trying to be the best father he can be, but like the only way he can do that, he thinks, is like by providing him with like a future, but also. He's got his college paid for. Remember, he's, like, making the Wolfram and Hart guy That's pay true. for college. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah. It's a little bit much, I guess, but. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm willing to forgive it for, like, one episode. It was Me fairly too. entertaining. It and Luckily, it was the focus of this episode and not the Holtz crap. Exactly. So, yeah. That, you know, which was a smart choice. It. And, I mean, I yeah. you know, again, I'm. I'm not unmoved by the final scene of, like, Angel and Cordelia in bed with the baby being, like, their own little adorable family, which is okay, obviously so what we're supposed to think. Okay, so that scene was great. It was. But, uh-huh. like, are they just oblivious? Like... Yes. <laughs> are, are they unaware that, like, that's what they're acting out? Yes. Like, yes. Is that what we're supposed to think? Like, yes. I... No, I don't know. I don't know. Are they oblivious? I don't think either, either of them are completely unaware, but I do think that they... Yeah, hmm. I don't know. It was like a very intimate that. scene. It was pretty intimate. Like they're thinking of all the things they're going to do with the money, and like, I don't know. It just like, hmm. it was a, it was sweet, but it was also just like zero to a hundred. Yeah, it's like with yeah. A- Amy's evil, and they're already a family. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of romance, though, mm-hmm. so oh right, we, the little love triangle. Yeah, we see that Gunn has got full blown crush on Fred, yes. and Wesley still obviously has feelings for her. Mm-hmm. And they're both a little bit aware. And it's kind of played for laughs, but, like, they're brewing a love triangle here. Definitely awkward. Um, yeah. And Fred is oblivious. She is. Yeah. I did like Fred, though, as I always do. Nice job yes, on the website. Fred- this was before Squarespace. How'd she even do it? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like Angel's, like, bold but tasteful. And she's, like, tasteful. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I just, like, I remember, maybe I'm remembering it more as a, a big thing than it needs to be, but I do think, like, this, like, we're in, like, the fledgling stages of, like, Wesley and Gunn realizing they both have feelings for Fred, but, like, I remember it kind of being, like, a catalyst for bigger events in the season. Yeah. Maybe I'm remembering that wrong, but... I don't remember. bringing up that it's starting. I don't remember at all. I think it's just more a catalyst for Wesley, but... Hmm. I think you don't remember a lot of this season. Like, I... I don't. I, I don't. Of, I don't remember. I remember how There's a lot about this season that I remember that I don't like. So, I mean, like, I like dramatically, but, like, I don't like for characters. So, it's... Yeah. Would you get back together with your zombie boyfriend? God, no. They had a, They seemed to have an awful relationship. Although, I did think that the, like... It was, I did enjoy that it's like, okay, she's complaining about this, his, this guy being a stalker. She's complaining about, and then they, they have like a confrontation. He's a zombie. And she's like, you read my diary. You shut up at work. You did all these things. And it's like clearly just painting him as a, like, you know, the stereotype of a like bad, aggressive boyfriend. And, <laughs> but then, the, then the little reveal that like, also she poisoned him. I was like, I did actually like that. And I thought it did stop it from being like, what a just, this is just a shitty relationship. God, I'm sorry. I keep cursing in this episode. Um, All right. I'll just, just put the parental advisor. Yeah, sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Just that she has this... Um, it just takes it from being... I, I think often in these, especially in the early episodes, like that one really bad one with the guy and his girlfriend when you tried to freeze time, like sometimes Angel doesn't totally nail that like these are really unhealthy relationships and you shouldn't be depicting them maybe exactly the way you're doing. I thought this one was kind of like, they did a nice job kind of undercutting it with it's like, oh, it is kind of the stereotype, but also it's totally not because it's like, he's a zombie and she poisoned him. I don't know. I thought it made it, it elevated it enough into just ridiculous that it was funny. Super funny because it's like, that was my long winded way to say I thought it was funny. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, this boring stalker storyline where like oh god another zombie but then right. like the twist of like they're both awful yeah, they're like both he's terrible. stalking her <laughs> and he's a zombie but like she's the one who killed him yeah. and like the whole time was like is this gonna take long I have to go out yeah, and like yeah, all this yeah, stuff yeah. I'm just like oh okay well you deserve each other exactly yes. and it was just like kind of entertaining I thought it was funny yeah did not go where I was expecting exactly yes I, she was kind of awful yes, yes but that's all I have. I mean, for an episode of Angel that I kind of liked, it's still just a little bit like, well, it's not like a lot of deep analysis. <laughs> no, I think both of these episodes were a bit of like a mid like a pause slump. Button, like, you know, 
before you're getting into like right. deeper stuff like this is kind of like filler like the Buffy stuff the trio's not you know they get a brief mention but mm-hmm. they're not um, they're not in it yeah and um, there's no forward movement on that Buffy's just taking some time to get a job Angel's taking some time to get a job yeah so you know yeah um, yeah they're both pretty light on plot I'd say yeah hmm. also um, I'm having this issue where like the Angel episodes are just so dark like oh like on like, screen you mean yeah, yeah like I know like same. actually physically dark like yeah. I can't watch them yeah <laughs> like what's happening yeah I had a really hard time with that too also one of our <laughs> one of our blinds fell down so I can't it's like really really bright in our living room and I can't even it's not that putting the blinds down doesn't totally solve the problem but it definitely makes a significant difference in the fact that like the one in the middle is I can't put it down and the sun just like beams right on our tv because I always watch Angel in the morning I should really just start watching Angel at night <laughs> yeah I mean that helps yeah no I had that problem too hmm okay. okay well what do we have next time we have dead things dead things which I think I think I always think is one a different episode yeah same uh so we'll see that one surprise may or may not be interesting <laughs> yeah well I mean I'm sure it'll be interesting but and then waiting yeah. in the wings oh I have Ooh. no idea what this is about so I think I know which one that is I see everybody mm. wearing formal wear in the thumbnail yes oh I like this episode okay good it's gonna be a good one I think I feel Angel. like dead things is good but again maybe I'm wrong <laughs> yeah I don't know <laughs> Do you have any pop culture for us this week? I, you know, I do. And I have uh, two and I'm going to hold one back because I'm sure I'll need one next week. (laughs) I don't want to spoil it all in one episode. Um, I casually, while I was painting my kitchen yesterday, started watching Shrill, which I had kind of been meaning to watch, but I just hadn't gotten around to. Um, It's the, it's a Hulu show based loosely on the memoir that Lindy West wrote a couple years ago. Um, she was like a big writer at Jezebel for a while and I followed her for a long time. And then now she does bigger and better and more interesting things. I never actually read Shrill, but I always meant to. Uh, do you know about it at all or no? Yeah. Okay. No, it's the one with A.D. Bryant. Yeah. Right? I, I really liked it. I kind of thought I, w- I mean, it's not, I, d- I expected to like it, but you know, when it's like, I watch a lot of co- female driven comedies, not to sound like, Oh God, another female driven comedy, but like, what a time to be alive, right? That we get to complain about this. I just, I, I just thought it was going to be a little bit more generic than it was. And I just thought it was like, I really liked it. I thought it was filmed really beautifully and it, it's been really funny. And like, there were all these mo- I mean, it's obviously about her and her life and she's the main character, but they've just done a really nice job. I think of like, I don't know. It was cool. I guess what I'm saying is, it's like part of one of the plot lines, like a lot of the plot lines about her and her working as a, trying to become a journalist. And then also like, you know, she is a big overweight woman and that's like a part of her identity and like deals with all it it factors into her life. And that's often the plot point, but they had this whole, um, interaction where she got in a fight with her parents and it was just, I was just like, it's not that I was surprised and it's not like nobody's ever had a fight with their parent on TV. I don't know. I just thought it was like so well depicted. I was like, wow, you guys are, I don't know. I just really liked it. And there was like, this is an episode where she goes to a pool party and it like, Again, I was, like, kind of half watching it because I was painting, and so I kind of had to keep stopping what I was doing because there was, like, a whole long segment that didn't really have any dialogue. It was just, like, like kind of like a music video of, like, of this pool party, but, like, I got really invested in it. So it, there are not that many episodes. I assumed that the whole season had dropped at once and I would be able to binge it, but I actually think they're... I don't think that's true because the last one didn't feel like a finale at all, unless I'm totally wrong. Anyway, but I really liked it. I was really sad that I got to the end, and I was like, oh... What? <laughs> so I would definitely watch it. Yeah, I've only read good things about mm-hmm. it, like high praise across the board. I will say, I think that they're falling into the uh, girl's trap of casting a crappy boyfriend who turns out mm. to be kind of delightful. <laughs> so, like, I think they're having to retcon him a little bit. Whereas, like, he is still this guy that treated her really badly, which is, like, exactly what happened with Adam Driver, where it was, like, it turns out he was the most interesting one. And then, like, he had to become his whole own character. I sort of think that's happening, where I'm, like, you're supposed to really hate this guy. And he is definitely, like, hateable, but he's also just, like, kind of hilarious. I don't know. I was like, wait a minute. You're going to have to retcon some things in a little bit here. <laughs> Anyway, a good problem to have. So that's my, that's mine. What have you got? Cool. Uh, you're just carrying the weight this week. Great. Cause I, yeah, <clears throat> I, um, 
I mean, I have some stuff I've been catching up on, but like I think I've mentioned them all before. Like I watched the Magicians finale and the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, um, actually the series finale for that. Mm. Um, that show ended like I think pretty well. Okay. Um, Magicians ended. I was like bawling, but that's okay. It was sad. Um, but that show's coming back. I've mentioned both of these shows before, so not really. Yeah gotta elaborate but yeah like I've just been catching up on stuff I did also then start watching the um the new episodes of Legends of Tomorrow are back and I think I've mentioned that show before but honestly it's so off the wall bonkers it's great (laughs) oh it was all Um, there are only six episodes of show and it was that's everything so yeah but I don't really have anything new to introduce that I yeah I've um it's been a busy week so well um I also told well, you that we finally, I, sp- I started playing the new Mario, new, it's not that new, but new Mario game because we got a Switch. That's pretty fun. I'm not great at it, though. It's, it's hard. Playing video games as an adult is hard because my wrists are just really sensitive. <laughs> like, yeah. holding the controllers is hard. <laughs> it can't be, I'm not very dexterous. All those hours as a child, like, ruined you as an yeah, adult. Yeah, it didn't help. <laughs> yeah. But it's fun so far. Um, I think it's a pretty cool game. I think uh, Claire and Ryan just got one too. Oh yeah, I, I saw, saw her post. post like, I did too. Zelda yeah. is her life now. <laughs> I really want to get that <laughs> Ryan's too. Life. I think we'll get that soon too. Yeah, I say we. It's Alex's. He got it for his birthday, but what's his is yeah, mine. Whatever. It's in your house. <laughs> so he did take it with him today, so I can't play. Mm. Oh well. Cool. Well, um, what team are you on? Oh God. Oh, I didn't think about I this. I didn't either. Hold on. Shoot. Hold on. Um. Um, oh my God. It's no one. Uh, no one. Team Manny the manager. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, wow. I, there's no one good this at is these. tough. <laughs> uh, uh. Team that sheriff from Psych, who's briefly the replacement manager. <laughs> oh, that's right. The police chief. Yeah, that's police right. chief. That was her. Um, you know what? Uh, oh, I don't like anyone this Me week. Me neither. There's no good... You know what? That's not true. I'm going to say Team Cordelia because oh, she was fair. the only one who wanted to stay on mission. You're right. I'm, it's I'm a very gonna, flimsy yeah. team. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like I have to pick someone. Yeah. Hmm. All that right. phone was kind of awful. They were. Ugh. <laughs> team Chicken Deli Slices. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> I almost said, yeah, Team Double Meat uh, Supreme or whatever. <laughs> uh. what, was the, what was the menu? It was the Double Meat... Um, it was that sandwich, like the double meat. Was it Supreme? It was like I something. I don't remember. I don't know. It's fine. I guess there, no teams. I don't know. Cordelia ish. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Um. Okay. Well, well, I'll talk to you next time. Okay. Bye. Bye. Once more with commentary is produced by me, Allie, and me, Ginny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder, and our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at omwcpodcast. You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com. Bye.